Greetings from St Bride's Church, Fleet Street, here in the very heart of the City of London. We're delighted that you're joining us for this podcast. Our overarching theme at this time of year is Kingdom, the Kingship of Christ, and also Remembrance, hence the red altar frontal behind me. Do please leave a comment or a like and tell us where you're listening from. It's always good to hear from you. And if you would like to donate to help support these online services, you'll find details of how to do so in the accompanying text. But now, may the light and peace of Christ be with you all as our worship begins. Jesus said to the penitent thief, Truly I say to you, Today you will be with me in paradise. very warm welcome to St Bride's to our choral Eucharist today on this, the Feast of Christ the King, the last Sunday in the Church's liturgical year. 
Wherever you are in the world, and however you're listening to us, we hope that you will feel that you are very much part of the St Bride's family. We begin now with an opening prayer. Let us pray. We say together, Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hidden, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. So let us turn away from sin and turn to Christ, confessing our sins in penitence and faith. Almighty God, our Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault. We are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon you, pardon and deliver you from all your sins. Confirm and strengthen you in all goodness and keep you in life eternal through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
eternal Father, whose Son, Jesus Christ, ascended to the throne of heaven, that he might rule over all things as Lord and King. Keep the Church in the unity of the Spirit and in the bond of peace, and bring the whole creator, created order to worship at his feet, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. A reading from the book of the prophet Jeremiah. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who care for my people. You have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for your evil doings, says the Lord. Then I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will set shepherds over them who will care for them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall any be missing, says the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called, The Lord is our righteousness. This is the word of the Lord.
A reading from the letter to the Colossians. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. This is the word of the Lord. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. When they came to the place which is called the Skull, there they crucified Jesus and the criminals, one on the right and one on the left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And they cast lots to divide his garments. And the people stood by watching, but the rulers scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Christ of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him vinegar and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, this is the king of the Jews. 
One of the criminals who were hanged railed at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving the due reward for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Today is one of those special days in the Christian calendar and also one of the most challenging ones for preachers. Christ the King raises all kinds of questions. What kind of king is one of the main ones for me? And one thing we can say for sure, and based on the Gospel reading today from St Luke, is that we may need to redraw our idea of what kingship is. Jesus in this context, in this frame, is a very odd, almost tragic, pathetic king. He is waiting to be executed, ragged and beaten. His mission apparently has failed. He could have called on a legion of angels to free him and kill his persecutors. But no, here he is, with his fate, his mission to save the world and to defeat evil and violence and give us a way of life that we all want, need and, I believe, crave. He was certainly not the king the Jewish people thought they needed or thought they'd been promised. They wanted a warrior, an alpha male, a rabble-rouser to sweep away the oppressors. And remember, they'd been under the yoke for hundreds of years. They felt God had made a binding promise to them to release them and send someone very much in the image of their ancient kings. But no, that's not the kind of king God is. It reminds me a bit of Ukraine. Who would have thought that in their hour of need... It was a comedian they needed to lead them. And the same is here. It's a very unexpected leader. But cometh the hour, cometh the king. What we can say is that Jesus, the almighty king, has the power to save us. And that seems a rather loaded phrase, even troubling and difficult phrase in today's world. And I think I understand why that is. I had two encounters with the idea of being saved and neither were satisfactory and both set my faith back by some years. The first happened at a holiday camp in Minehead. My wife and I were staying there at my parents' caravan and at the same time there was a big Christian event on at the camp. You may know the kind of thing, lots of big tents and music and events We were interested, intrigued even, and we decided to go along and find out more. I think we were very open to the idea of the faith. At one rather fevered event, we enjoyed the music. Then a pastor got up and from the front said, 
If you are saved, stand up and raise your hands. Everyone stood up except Christine and I. It seemed a preposterously arrogant thing to claim. Denigrating even for the rest of us who couldn't claim to be saved. And I remember leaving very disappointed and thinking, "Mm, I don't want much to do with that. And then there was an encounter with the, the grammar of salvation in another context. In this one, we were given a precise set of words to be said, and they covered every eventuality, and only when we said these precise words were we saved. And I was left thinking, you know, can this be true? It seems so mechanistic. So what does it take to be saved? And number one is we need a trigger. We need something to propel us on our way. Here are a few. Maybe knowing that we need some help, that we want to be better, that we need peace, that we're fed up with struggling. Or indeed that we're just full of gratitude and happiness and wonder at perhaps the birth of a child or the natural world. We want to say thank you to someone or something. And there are so many more, but it's these propelling incidents that often start a journey towards faith. The second thing is really knowing what Jesus can actually do for us. And so we get to the reading, the gospel reading with Jesus on the cross. It's devastating, absolutely devastating. Or is it? So let's inhabit it a little bit. It certainly is odd. There are two thieves and between them is Jesus. It's been deliberately staged by the authorities, I think, to try to make a moral equivalence between these two failures and the biggest failure of all in the middle, Jesus. And the three of them, with nails through their wrists, are debating a bit of theology. Now, I know that theological debates can be painful, but this is pretty extreme. The questions they seem to want to answer are, who is this Jesus and what could he do for us in this dire situation? And I think they're both pretty contemporary questions, actually. They're questions I've had. Maybe they're questions you have. The first thief, the first robber, perhaps, just wants something for himself. He wants to get off the hook. And I think his selfishness is completely understandable. But the issue and where he gets things wrong is that he doesn't understand who he's dealing with. He doesn't understand the extraordinary open door there is for him. And he wastes such a beautiful chance. It's like meeting Superman and not giving him a chance to speak and thinking, that was a pretty boring person. And then comes the other thief. And the difference here is that he has some self-awareness. He has an awareness about his condition, that he really is in trouble. And he knows somehow that it's not just the misdemeanour that he's done that's got him in the situation he's in. There's something more profoundly wrong. Something wrong in the way he is. Something he'd like to put right. He certainly knows that he's in the presence of someone very, very special. 
because he actually sticks up for Jesus. He says, you know, this man hasn't done anything wrong. We have. He acknowledges that he deserves no better than the punishment he's suffering. He doesn't wriggle. He doesn't look for self-justification. He simply says this. Please, he says to Jesus, would you just look out for me? I find this the most beautiful turning point. Possibly the most beautiful turning point in the whole Bible. Why? Because it's a small, vulnerable, modest turning. It's offered not in a fawning way or a calculating way. It comes from vulnerability. It comes more with hope than expectation. And maybe we've all been in that kind of place before. What does the King of Kings do? He's got rather pressing things on his mind, but no, no, he's got time. And he does something absolutely wonderful. He doesn't just offer eternal life. Although he does offer that. He offers a place in paradise. Paradise is a Persian word and it it meant a walled garden owned by the king. A place of sanctuary, beauty, calm, peace, wonder. And Jesus offers this thief, this failure, this broken man, not just the keys to this garden, but he invites him to become the king's walking companion. With him, being with him, next to him, listening, talking. Imagine what an offer coming from God. And so, my friends, I no way do I denigrate the big turning points, the big set-piece savings, the formulas of words. They're beautiful too. But here is the saving moment for those who are doubtful, sad, stuck, and not really sure. And I find this very, very hopeful indeed. For who hasn't, at one point in their life, Even the most committed atheist turned to God and wondered and asked or been thankful. The message seems to be that we're just a hair's breadth from God. I think that there are millions and millions and millions of people being saved every day simply by being open to that sense of wonder, by being vulnerable and asking God, just, would you look out for me? I don't think there are many who haven't done that. Which brings me finally to the story from my own family. My father-in-law was a marvellous man. I absolutely loved him. He was a, he'd been a prison officer, he'd been a miner. He was a really tough but kind-hearted man. He was from Yorkshire, he was pretty quiet. Nothing seemed to faze him. And he used to, he was very proud of me, I think, that I'd become a vicar. He wrote me a lovely letter encouraging me, saying he thought I'd be a really good parish priest, which I really appreciated. But he said to me um, one day, he said, look, I'm really sorry, but I've never been able to have the faith myself. I've never been able to have it. He said, but there was one time, one time, he said, when he had cancer and he'd been very, very ill, and he went to see the specialist and he was given the all clear. And he said to me, Stephen... When I came out of that, I just had to say thank you, thank you to God. He said, I don't know if it's a prayer. I don't know why I did it. 
but I did it. And to me, that just says that Dennis is saved like the rest of us. He did what that thief on the cross did. Look out for me. He acknowledged that there's more to life than we can just touch, see and feel. And he said thank you to a God that he wasn't sure was there. But in my opinion, that is absolutely enough. Amen. Let us now stand and affirm our faith in the words of the Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, Heavenly Father, we pray for our fellow Christians throughout the world that they may continue to uphold our Christian values, spreading goodwill to all peoples, regardless of their race, creed, religion, and whether they are rich or poor. For we are all God's children, made in his image, perfectly loved and without condition. And we are all worthy of justice, the right to put wrong to right, but alas, dear Lord, our courts are crumbling and legal support and advice is beyond the means of the disadvantaged and the marginalised. The language of the law may baffle and intimidate. We pray that those at home and abroad may have access to justice when needs be, that their voices may be heard, that they be treated justly and fairly regardless of their race, creed, religion, and whether they are rich or poor. We pray for all those struggling to pay for energy and food, never imagining that they would have to do so one day. We think of those dependent upon electrical medical equipment to live day by day. They all ask, why must I feel as if I am trying to climb over a wall with broken glass atop. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray that those gathering in Egypt will strive to find ways to save our planet, thinking in the long term. May they work earnestly and not be enthralled to their majestic surroundings. We pray for the people of the Ukraine and that the people of Kherson may be able to return safely to their homes and rebuild their infrastructure. We pray for the Russians who seek reconciliation and that one day soon the people of the Ukraine and Russia may exist side by side in harmony. Never may we forget the pointlessness of war. We pray for all those working in the media who do not shy away from reporting about uncomfortable truths and bringing them into the light of day. Without them, we might not know about those who are living in a quagmire of injustice, struggling to rise high above it. They inspire us, dear Lord, never to keep silent about evil. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. In our Christian community, we pray, Heavenly Father, for those at St. Bride's who care for us pastorally, Alison, Jeff and Steve, and all those who keep the doors of St. Bride's open and our church warm and welcoming, James, Claire, Robin and Nadira, we pray for our Sunday school children. We pray for our choir, organist and director of music. We pray for our listeners in all corners of the earth. We pray that despite the anguish and suffering in God's world, we will always strive to find joy amidst bitterness, wealth, in poverty, companionship when we are lonely, confidence when we are burdened with doubt. Inspired by Charles Kingsley, may we pray, dear Lord, that when we lie down at night, we can whisper to ourselves that we have made one human being at least a little wiser or a little happier or at least a little better this day. Merciful Father, accept, accept these prayers, prayers for the, the sake, sake of your Son, our, our Saviour, Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. Will you please stand? To crown all things there must be love, to bind all together and complete the whole. Let the peace of Christ rule in our hearts. The peace of the Lord be always with you.
Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this bread to offer, which earth has given and human hands have made. It will become for us the bread of life. Blessed be God forever. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation. Through your goodness we have this wine to offer, fruit of the vine and work of human hands. It will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. It is indeed right, it is our duty and our joy, at all times and in all places, to give you thanks and praise. Holy Father, Heavenly King, Almighty and Eternal God, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord. And now we give you thanks that he is the King of glory who overcomes the sting of death and opens the kingdom of heaven to all believers. He is seated at your right hand in glory, and we believe that he will come to be our judge. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we proclaim your great and glorious name, forever praising you and singing.
Accept our praises, Heavenly Father, through your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. And as we follow his example and obey his command, grant that by the power of your Holy Spirit, these gifts of bread and wine may be to us his body and his blood. Who, in the same night that he was betrayed, took bread and gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup and gave you thanks. He gave it to them, saying, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Therefore, Heavenly Father, we remember his offering of himself made once for all upon the cross. We proclaim his mighty resurrection and glorious ascension. We look for the coming of his kingdom, and with this bread and this cup, we make the memorial of Christ, your Son, our Lord. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Accept through him, our great high priest, this our sacrifice of thanks and praise. And as we eat and drink these holy gifts in the presence of your divine majesty, renew us by your spirit, inspire us with your love, and unite us in the body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through him and with him and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, with all who stand before you in earth and heaven, we worship you, Father Almighty, in songs of everlasting praise. Blessing and honour and glory and power be yours forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray with confidence as our Saviour has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith. Receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood, which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We do not presume to come to this your table, merciful Lord, trusting in our own righteousness, but in your manifold and great mercies, 
We are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under your table. But you are the same Lord, whose nature is always to have mercy. Grant us, therefore, gracious Lord, so to eat the flesh of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, and to drink his blood, that our sinful bodies may be made clean by his body, and our souls washed through his most precious blood, and that we may evermore dwell in him, and he in us. Let us pray. Stir up, O Lord, the wills of your faithful people, that they, plenteously bringing forth the fruits of good works, may by you be plenteously rewarded. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord.
Almighty God, we thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your Spirit to live and work. Christ our King, make you faithful and strong to do his will, that you may reign with him in glory. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always. Amen. Go in the peace of God.